yeah, I got back into stand-up and I just like poured my heart out. I felt like I had nothing to lose at that point. So mm-hmm. just coming from a really real place of just darkness and I would just make jokes about what I was going through because I was turning that darkness into lightness. Mm-hmm. And then it built my confidence because I was like, I'm still a performer. Everything that that dude said I sucked at is not true. Um, and I can still do this. I can still make something happen even if I have to figure it out and make it on my own. Welcome to Persister with Candace Lowry. I am Candace Lowry. What is a persister? A persister is a little play on words of nevertheless she persisted, but also a woman who has truly broken through that glass ceiling and has really forged a path and a name for herself in whatever business she's in. Persister with Candace Lowry is a Castbox original produced alongside Studio 71. Castbox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Persister with Candace Lowry wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope you'll give Castbox a shot because I think it's the best. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Persister. Today, I have Nikki Lima with me, who is, let's see, an actress, YouTuber, podcaster, now a shit they don't tell you, mm-hmm. and now a jewelry empire owner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's quite an empire. <laughs> but um, every week, I interview some badass woman who's made a name for herself, and today, I am so excited to have Nikki here and talk about everything from you know, growing up in California and auditioning and getting through that whole process, but also really making a name for yourself in this wide world of competition. Well, so. thank you for having me. I'm <laughs> yeah. excited to be here. So I start every episode off with an icebreaker. Ooh, yay. It's very random. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so my question is, it's very timely. Yes. So Shane Dawson has been doing his series. Yes. The Mind Behind or uh, The Mind yeah. So I'm super proud of him. Yeah, I know. He had like hours and hours of footage for their, this Totally. And he's just reinvented himself so many times. And, yeah. And just continuously found a way to, to rise to the top. And I just, I just admire him for that. Yeah. And I think um, one, my question here is... He decided to interview Jake Paul. Yeah. And I think some people felt that that was kind of shining a light on somebody who didn't really need attention. But I'm kind of feeling like I think it's interesting that he's wanting to dive into this. Yeah. You know? And um, well, here's the thing is like it, it. I haven't seen it yet. I've only seen the trailer. I haven't. I know it came out like a, a couple of days ago and I've been saving it for the weekend. But um, <laughs> I know it's 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I and I love each series that he's put out so far, so I can't wait to watch it. But um, I was thinking that usually he tries to get to the root of the the reason why someone acts that way, mm. which I think is so fascinating. That's what I liked about acting. I liked the knowing the why people behave the way they do mm-hmm. without like judging them first, because you see a douchey person and you're like oh what a douchebag but like then you go back to their childhood like what makes them act the way they do right that's what I'm more interested in as a mm-hmm. person I just like knowing motive I just think it's it makes people more understandable because uh, I think people we live in a time where people just like to villainize others right where it's like oh bad guy good guy and it's really not like that if you dissect um, motive and where people come from and I just 
I like that. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with diving into that. Yeah, and I don't think he people see it as like a way for to get views, but I don't he has enough. He has I enough don't views. Think yeah. He, needs that. he would literally pick any topic and make it interesting enough and get views. Yeah. Yeah. I think what Shane's doing now is he's picking topics that he's personally interested in. Mm-hmm. And I I know Shane personally and so I know he's interested in how people became who they are right. and and the and the people that he picks are usually people that have this grandiose like ego thing mm-hmm. and I think it's it's really cool uh, uh, that he's actually getting to do he's one of the few people on YouTube that get to do something that they're passionate about yeah. get to actually make videos about things they're passionate about a lot of us started that way and then it and we're not doing that anymore <laughs> <laughs> so I, I envy that well I want to get into your passions Ooh. so um, you know you from what I've read <laughs> yeah, go so on. I, I did some light stalking. Love the way it starts. <laughs> um, so you grew up in California. I did, right? yeah. So at what age were you like, I really want to be more than just, you know, do a couple acting or like be famous? At what point were you like, I want to act and I want to really pursue this? Hmm. Okay, so I wanted to be an actor when I was eight and uh, because I live in California and my grandma was already kind of working in the industry, she was mm-hmm. SAG. Um, she was basically a professional extra. But um, <laughs> but she, my grandma's such a ham. She, like, she'll find a way to like get next to the main actor. And, like She would be right there in all these TV shows and movies. It was really cool as a kid to like go to the movies and see her like on the screen. Um, but yeah, so she knew how to make that happen if I mm-hmm. wanted to pursue that. Um, so I immediately got headshots and and um, looked for uh, a manager in our area, which I lived in Santa Barbara, so mm-hmm. it wasn't quite L.A., but I was right. kind of like, oh, there's you know, not as much competition in Santa Barbara. So um, I got with the manager, and I booked pretty much everything that I went on in the beginning. So I just thought, oh, this shit's easy. Oh, you know? what? Like, this, like- <laughs> I know. What, it caused so much delusion for me later in life. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was, like, super happy and excited. I'm like, I found my thing, you know, and I'm just going to be this forever. And then my manager died. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Wait. Yeah, it takes a dark turn. Wait, things just got <laughs> – this is, like, soap opera level. Yeah, right yeah. Now. So Was yeah, it my, sudden? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like – I don't mean to laugh. This no, I know. It's just like so <laughs> so sudden. Like, but that's like what you like in movies is where the characters like, oh, they're winning, winning, and then oh, defeat, like crumble. How, oh how will God. they make it out of this hole? It's the inciting incident. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, she died, and then uh, we had trouble finding new representation because wow. everyone wanted us to move to LA. <clears throat> My parents had full time jobs in Santa Barbara. They're like, we're not going to do that. So I basically had to stop acting when I was ten. It lasted mm. for like two years, and then I stopped. Um, and then I just always thought I was going to have to pick a different thing because as I got older and older, which like to me old was now like 16, yeah. 17, 18. I'm like, oh, I'm so old now <laughs> because all of the kids that I had been acting with were had already been on TV shows, had right. already like done things. And so I was like, oh, I guess I got to pick something else. And I went to college and I was like, maybe I'll be a nutritionist. I don't really know. I got into this company that did a lot of sales. So we had to go to these mm. conventions and he listened to motivational speakers and when I was like 19 um, I went to this convention and the speaker was like 
you can do whatever you want in life. Just, <laughs> you know, follow your dreams and all this stuff. And, like, the sales company wanted us to use that to, like, sell more. But I was like, oh, this is definitely not my dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to I wanna be an actor. And I had no idea where to start. But I was like, people do it. So yeah. I'm going to figure it out. I'm just going to figure it out. And it was a lot of, like really stab in the dark guessing and failing and trial and error I wish I had someone that had guided me back then but um but yeah I just like had to figure it out when like I know sometimes there are situations especially with younger girls now that want to get into it but their parents Mm -hmm. kind of say like it's stupid it's not worth doing and did you have a really supportive family I know with your grandma being yeah um, in the industry, or did it kind of feel like they were a little cautious for um, you to make that move? I think my mom, when I first said it, she was a little taken aback because I was very academic. Like, I got really good grades, and mm-hmm. I was in gate, and, like, so she's like, oh, smart people aren't actors, and <laughs> smart people should... Because <laughs> oh before, I was like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a doctor. And then I'm like, I want to be an actor. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Wow. Okay, and then she looked at uh, Jodie Foster and, like, people that were graduated from Yale then also were actors Mm -hmm. and and great at what they do. And then she was like, oh, maybe actors aren't that dumb because it takes a lot of, like, um, learning about people to Mm -hmm. become that character. And so then she was really on board. She was really supportive. She would take off work to take me to auditions and take me to um, set and stuff. My dad... uh, I think thought it was more of a phase. Um, mm. Like he was just more, uh, you're not going to make money if you're mm. that. So pick something else. Has um, he come around now? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, it took a, it took a while. But yeah. he's he's around now. Um, yeah, I I think. But once I was 19 and I was like, oh, I I'm just going to put everything I have into this, and I'm just not going to stop until mm-hmm. I hit an absolute wall um I was you know an adult so it didn't really matter if my dad was like no right I was like okay well I'm gonna go work as many jobs as I need to to pay for the acting career for the acting coaching and you know I was gonna take it seriously as a business Mm -hmm. and um and I don't think there was really much he could do about that at yeah was there a moment in between you know then and now where you felt like I almost this hopeless feeling of oh, yeah. you know every week uh, burnout yes <laughs> every <laughs> other day yes <laughs> no legit yesterday I had two series regular auditions and I came home and just cried oh because I was gosh. like where is it all going <laughs> Mark knows <laughs> but that's I feel like that comes with being an actor too is that you kind of almost have to be an emotional yeah, person yeah I'm very emotional I really just want to work more so I can put some use to these emotions because they're just everywhere, always Mm -hmm. just right under the surface. Um, But yeah, I would say when I was 25, I hit a bottom where I could have either just quit everything altogether or kept going, which is what I did. Uh, But I got sued by my ex-manager not the one that died oh but like she come back to life <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I got a new manager when I was 22 and I was really dumb and signed this contract that was so such a bullshit contract mm-hmm. am I allowed to cuss here yeah um, uh, yeah you yeah, should okay. definitely have a lawyer review any contract that you sign and I was just so eager I just wanted to work I'd been studying and and like acting coaching and um and had gotten up to like the master class and like but I wasn't getting auditions so I just mm-hmm. wanted to work and all of his clients were seemingly working and uh and I just signed this four-year contract with this guy and he was such a 
like it was just extreme emotional abuse. Like he would call 10 times a day. If you didn't pick up the phone, then he'd like lecture you for two hours. And he would say like, you're not taking your acting career seriously. He separated me from all of my friends and family because he mm. he's like, oh, you need to. It was very like controlling. Like, yeah. The the definition of an abusive relationship where they isolate you from your friends and family and like he wouldn't let me go out at night or socialize mm. he's like you have to be which I didn't really socialize anyway but he was even more like yeah what were you doing last night you can't da, 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 da. I'm like I wasn't I was home he's like really you were home it was just really oh weird God. and I couldn't get out because this contract was so crazy that if I tried to get out he could sue me it was like everything was a breach of contract I couldn't do anything without his permission it was pretty nuts um if I had known that I was going to get sued anyway I wouldn't have stuck it out so long, but I had mm-hmm. stuck it out with him for two and a half years thinking, mm. like, if I could just make it to four years, yeah. then I can just get out of it. And so I would just try to appease him. And I just really, like, he would get in my head and make me doubt myself. After each audition I didn't book, he would lecture me on how I suck as an actor and how <laughs> I'm fat and I need to lose weight and I'm not TV ready. And by the way, I was, like, 20 pounds lighter than now. So it was, oh like, I was God. fine, but he was just super controlling and wanted to make you think that you needed him in order to succeed. Yeah, sometimes I feel like people don't realize the, it's almost like this ego trip that oh, yeah. a lot of managers go on sometimes, not talking about my manager. So. My current manager is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. but, um, no, I mean, I think especially too, even though this is more so an emotional abuse, this whole thing with me too coming out yeah. and the movement like oh it, this dude tried to kiss me multiple times yeah. and I had a boyfriend and it, he it was bad and I well I countersued because of that and okay. like I had so much to countersue with but the justice system is so stupid it's like not built for people with no money like he mm-hmm. sued me when I had no money who sues a poor person I yeah. don't know and you can't someone that just wants control help. yeah and I couldn't com- afford to defend myself so we had to settle and it was just it, the whole thing was such BS but um, but I really hit a bottom after that because now I didn't have representation he had called all my agents and gotten them to drop me except oh. for my commercial agent that was like my one ray of hope uh, they had already dealt with a lot of his clients coming into their office crying and being like Ugh. and so they're just like we're not going to deal with this guy anymore mm-hmm. um, but he tried he called them and tried to get them to drop me um, but yeah so I wasn't going out for auditions anymore I didn't have a job I was because I got laid off of my waitressing job mm-hmm. and uh, I hadn't really booked a lot at that point a couple co-stars but not really like something to see, put my feet on the ground mm-hmm. um, and yeah I was having to ask my parents for money and I just felt like a complete failure. I felt like everything my dad said was right and that I should have gone to college for something else and uh, and I just really just wanted to die. Oh my God. <laughs> so, I mean, you're feeling this way and I'm sure after dealing with all the emotional trauma too, you kind of don't want to leave the house. You, It sounds like yeah. you kind of fell into oh, yeah. a depression. And also, um, at the same time, my boyfriend was cheating on me and <sighs> he moved out of the house. Um, so I had double rent and was oh dealing with God. the breakup. So it was like really, yeah. really rock bottom. So how, I mean, what steps did you take or did anything happen that kind of helped to get you out yes. of that dark place? Uh, so I'd been doing stand-up for uh, maybe like four or five years at that point. Um, and I had taken a break to focus on acting because that guy <laughs> was like, if you do stand-up, you're not focusing on acting. So, um, yeah, I got back into stand-up and I just like poured my heart out. I felt like 
I had nothing to lose at that point. So mm-hmm. it was just coming from a really real place of just darkness. And I would just make jokes about what I was going through in a way that was like real and also made everyone laugh, which then made me feel better because I was turning that darkness into lightness. Mm-hmm. And then it built my confidence because I was like, oh, shit, I still got it. I'm still a performer. Everything that that dude said I sucked at is not true um and i can still do this i can still make something happen even if i have to figure it out and make it on my own not necessarily a representation sending me out and getting hired by someone but creating content on my own Mm -hmm. and that's what really drove me to produce more content on youtube and at the time um youtube space la had just opened and they were taking a small amount of creators to like guinea pig test it and I, they selected me to be part of that group. So we had access to all this like fancy camera equipment and production sets and all kinds of stuff. And I got to produce a, a series with them that like looked like a legit TV wow. series. And it was awesome. And it just like got me reconnected to the YouTube community, got, got those relationships back that I had isolated myself from when that guy told me to cut off <laughs> people your friends yeah yeah (laughs) everyone but him yeah and a lot of them were youtubers and they had gone off to like explode and become very successful on youtube and you know like shane dawson was Mm -hmm. one of them and um totally sketch was the group that i was with that i kind of had to stop working with during that time and i just reconnected with everybody and uh did this show that like people were retweeting and like like loving it kind Mm of it got a lot a big spark and I just was really proud of it, and it just built that confidence back up. Mm -hmm. And I really want to talk about kind of this transition from acting to YouTube. Yeah. Um, But we're going to take a quick break. And then uh, let's get those sponsors. Yeah. Let's let's insert a sponsor. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but we'll be right back. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I just wanted to remind you all to rate, review, and subscribe to Persister with me because it's very helpful in spreading the word and um, getting the show out there. So I just wanted to thank you all again for listening. And let's get back into it. Welcome back, everybody, to Persister with Candace Lowry. I am still Candace Lowry. And Thank I'm, God. Yeah. <laughs> you just, someone new comes in. Yeah. <laughs> like, who's this? <laughs> I am here with Nikki Limo. I'm still Nikki and, Limo. Yes. <laughs> we did not interchange Just in case. Guess. Just to clear it up. <laughs> um, and I want to talk a little bit more about getting into YouTube. Yeah. But also working with your significant other and oh, having yeah. them a part of your um, YouTube life and everything like that so you mentioned that you got into YouTube got into the YouTube space um you really started to meet a lot of people and did you feel like you because YouTube's so competitive totally did you feel like you had other women friends that you could rely on or did it seem very competitive Mm. and kind of every woman for themselves uh okay so there Everyone presents themselves as they're helping you or they're like down to support you. Right. It's not until later where I found out that some women were just really backstabby and like thought of everyone as competition and Mm -hmm. their strategy is to befriend you and pretend like we're all good. Right. Um, And I won't name any names. Um, (laughs) But but I would say that I, I did find a few women that were kind of in the same boat as me, like had the same type of audience, same we're on the same path, doing the same things. Um, maybe some of them started in traditional and mm-hmm. were doing YouTube 
also. And so there was like a similarity between us. And it's like, hey, let's just help each other out. And those that was really cool because it was like if I wrote a sketch and they wrote a sketch, we could collab. And I knew that they were reliable mm-hmm. and they knew I was reliable. And it really worked with the cross promotion. Like our audiences did grow and benefit from each other, helping each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would say the competition ones, they just kind of filtered themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it can be... It is weird. There's like this facade sometimes yeah. where you're like, do you really want to be my friend? Or yeah. are you kind of just using me to like get further up the yeah, ladder? Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird because like I would still support them. If right. they became, went and blew up, like I would be so happy for them. But uh, they just didn't see it that way. And again, when I talk about like think about people's backgrounds, it probably has something to do with their childhood or something that happened to them. Mm-hmm. They have a chip on their shoulder. And so I'm not going to like judge them for it, but it just sucks when you think someone's your friend. Right. And then it doesn't work out. Yeah. And it's like sometimes I find myself getting into this drama and I'm like, I am yeah, I'm 26. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I should not be dealing with this right now. Exactly. Um, but also another thing that I think is interesting is that you had your now husband yeah. um, in a lot of your videos, part of your videos and also part of your podcast. Yeah. So did you ever feel like there was a line or like uh, certain rules you needed to follow when you guys do have yourselves out in public um, and that you're both in entertainment or do you kind of find that it's pretty easy to work together and work? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually really easy because both of us, I don't know, we don't have like a separate YouTube persona. Mm-hmm. So w- who we are on camera, that's who we are. Like that's who we are in public, that's who we are in at home, that's how just how we are and it helps that He's also a trained comedian, mm-hmm. entertainer. So we both went through the same schools of everything, like UCB improv training, stand-up. You know, we, we knew all of the rules, so we just do bits together all day. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, most of our home life is just us doing bits and, like, and like do, going into characters and stuff. It's really fun. And then we get cast in things together, and it's just, like, we just get to play. The best. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's very professional. Like, he's not... Um, he's if he's cast as something, he's not going to be like, oh, my wife's here. I'm going to it's make me nervous. You know, <laughs> he's like, it's all good. <laughs> so how did you guys meet? Um, we met through YouTube. Okay. Uh, yeah. So back before the manager that sued me, <laughs> I, oh <my> <laughs> I got cast in this YouTube sketch comedy group called Totally Sketch. This was back in 2009 mm-hmm. and it, beginning of 2009. Um, and that at the time they had like 10,000 subscribers they were just starting out but he had really good production quality which was rare on YouTube at the time mm-hmm. and i needed footage for my reel so it was kind of just a an exchange that way and the script was fun and funny and he was nice to work with and so um he called me back uh to do more sketches and eventually um to be part of this new channel called The Station, which was a conglomerate of all the top 100 comedy channels on YouTube at the time, mm. which ended up becoming Maker Studios. And and so while he was kind of, his name is Michael Gallagher, he owns, uh, he, he was the director of Totally Sketch. And while he was doing all this, he kind of 
put together a, a cast of regulars. Mm -hmm. And so Steve, my husband, was one of the other regulars in Totally Sketch. And we were both in relationships and we were both like very relationship people. Mm -hmm. So we didn't, I was never like, ooh, I have a crush on Steve. I'm going to break <laughs> up his relationship. No, I was never like that. It was just like, oh, he's fun to work with. Like, right. it's really fun. Like, so whenever, whenever Steve's in the sketch with me, it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and so we would just have fun and we were friends for like three or four years um, before both of us got dumped around the same time. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was just kind of worked out that way because wow. both of us would have stayed with our exes forever, even though they were awful to us mm -hmm. and it wasn't a good fit. We were just kind of those people that are so loyal and I see the good in them that I'm just going to keep sticking it out with you until you completely shattered me. Yeah. And, and yeah, like I caught my boyfriend cheating on me and so we broke up. It was a terrible breakup. And then it, for him, she broke up with him and he later found out that she cheated oh on him. Oh my God. So it was enough to like break it where we were over our exes. Like we weren't, Turns out they were cheating with yes, each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> Weird thing is, we all knew each other, so like oh. I know his ex, he knows my ex. Oh, Lord. We all like did comedy together, so it it was like a cesspool of weirdness. Um, but incestuous, yes, <laughs> it really is. Like the industry is just so incestuous yeah. if you stay in it long enough um, and don't lock down your significant other. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when we started dating, it was just like this makes so much sense. Like you're exactly like me in a relationship. I'm just like you. We have the same sense of humor. We have so much fun when we work together. Um, there was only just a little bit of in the first year we were projecting our old relationships onto each other. So mm. After that first year when we were like, hey, what are we doing? This is dumb. Right. Uh, we just, yeah, everything just clicked and we just totally got along and just kept you working together. You finally get to have your happily ever yeah. <laughs> in a good manager and good relationship. Yes, yes. So you were working on all this YouTube stuff, still acting, and mm -hmm. then now And I doing stand-up. And doing stand-up. Yeah. And now there's kind of this additional layer of podcasting, but also a jewelry line. Yeah. So really what caused you to kind of make that shift okay so at the beginning of this year I just I just wanted to do I feel like a lot of youtubers feel this way where they get in a rut and you feel kind of like you're handcuffed to this certain format mm -hmm. that's doing well on YouTube but maybe necessarily you're not that passionate about anymore and I just felt like we're probably gonna have kids soon like probably within the next year or two and so this year was really just like, what is everything that I haven't done yet that I have always wanted to do? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go for it, and I want to do something that I'm passionate about. And Should They Don't Tell You started for me as a new format for, for YouTube. It was going to be a video format where I just talk about things that I wish people would have told me when mm -hmm. I was younger. So, like, I'm telling you now the <laughs> things that I wish I would have known. And then um, when we had been working with this uh, other channel called JK News – and they get to just like riff and talk about stuff like as it's almost like a podcast format in video form. Mm -hmm. We found like we were the most ourselves in that type of format. And uh, if we just like could do it on a podcast and just be able to riff and not have to edit everything out right. and not be like, oh, for the sake of keeping it short for YouTube. Like, we're going to cut out all this stuff that we actually want to say. What if we just got to just, you know, keep going and mm -hmm. and like riff about it and bring cool guests on and have them talk about it and have people feel like they're not so alone yeah because it's not just us it's also this guest that is <laughs> went through the same thing <laughs> wouldn't you know it you know right so 
I guess to tie into that, what is the one thing you would tell like a young girl who wants to get into acting or move to LA? You know, I know you talked about the contracts, which yes. is really important. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I know it sucks because it's like, oh, lawyers cost money, but they mm-hmm. will save your ass in the long run mm-hmm. to just have a lawyer review it. Um, it's like 300 bucks. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. But it's so worth it. I got sued for way more than that and it sucks oh so God. don't do that also it felt like I kind of got some of my life robbed from me during those two years yeah. so yeah definitely don't do that um I would say for people I mean acting is kind of a different start than YouTube um mm-hmm. but one can leverage the other depending on which route you go so just pick the one you're more passionate about and um just start like, mm-hmm. I think the, the biggest problem people have is they try to plan everything out beforehand mm-hmm. and they try to, like, make sure it's going to be perfect before they start. And it's not going to be perfect. You're going to suck. Like, it's going to suck. <laughs> like, like you're, It's going to be hard. Just accept that you're going to suck. And then you'll, you might surprise yourself at how much less you suck than right. you thought you were going to suck. Um, but you, you're definitely, like, you need to start in order to figure out what to change or what to adjust or what to improve on or what your strengths are or what your weaknesses are. You don't know any of that before you start you can't plan that yeah and it sounds to sounds like to you almost took no as like screw you I'm gonna do this yeah and get it done and so sometimes you know people get really discouraged when other people have doubts in them but it's just yeah. almost like you have in order to be successful you have to really just be confident with yeah. yourself be like in any industry yeah yeah and so I mean I think the entertainment industry is one of the hardest industries to break into and you probably get rejected way more than other industries mm-hmm. uh, but if you really want it like you're gonna keep doing it right so just keep doing it like yeah. it, I definitely I've gotten discouraged before sure but but you can either let those people break you or you can use it to fuel your fire and prove them wrong right right and I, I feel like that's what's so cool which is what you did is that you know, I don't know what this manager is doing. I hope that he's in trouble right now because <laughs> I do not like He's him. definitely a very sad, yes. very sad person. Yeah, and that's kind of what I realized is that these people that are so just egocentric yes. are really the most insecure people. He was a, like a classical narcissist, just very demanding your respect, but will mm-hmm. never get it because you can't demand someone's respect. You can demand them by law to follow what you're saying, yeah. you know, because you're going to sue them. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make someone respect you. Yeah. And what is being in entertainment, both YouTube and um, traditional like film, what is the hardest you thing you think women have to face? Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> like, first of all, question. as a person, time management is mm-hmm insane because auditions pop up all the time and it's hard to plan productions when you have auditions popping up right um so you need to prioritize and then two uh, as a woman i feel like the biggest struggle is always having to fit into some kind of box like Mm -hmm. um you know when i started i was 21 so do i always have to look 21 now Mm -hmm. you know like you start building a brand when you're that age and then it's like the industry pressures you to keep that magic going or like stay in that box you know that box that you always get cast in or sometimes you keep yourself in that box you're like oh I've always done this and it's always worked so I'll just keep doing that but then it doesn't work when you're 30 you Mm -hmm. know so like uh, I guess being able to adapt and innovate and um, and you don't you know like it depends on what kind of person you are maybe you kill it at the stereotype and you just want to play that and work or maybe you invent your own thing like Mm -hmm. where you're like hey I'm not going to sacrifice 
what I want my brand to be because it's my brand and if you can hire me or not hire me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of more the path that I've gone on because the beginning was such a, I just felt like so pressured to be in some box that I didn't yeah, understand. Yeah, I'm sure it feels liberating to be like, fuck I you. My, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck you. I have my own business. Yes. And guess what? <laughs> I cast myself as this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, every episode I ask fans and people some questions that they want to ask you but also I have a set thing I mean set questions I really ask every guest okay um so one of the questions that someone asked was if you want to get started in YouTube what do you do oh just start (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what I think that's all I could tell you is like pick something that you're passionate about that you really love to do because mm-hmm. if it catches, you're gonna have to do that thing for a <laughs> <Forever>. while. <laughs> so uh, pick something you actually like. Don't pick like what's trending or what like you think people might want to see. That's the trap a lot of people fall in. Is like, oh, what's trending? What's popular? I'm gonna mm-hmm. do that. I want to be famous. Don't try to be famous. Like just do yeah. something you're actually passionate about because it's a fuck ton of work. So if you cannot do it every day and wake yourself up and feel like you're energized to do it, <laughs> like don't, you're not gonna be able to do it. Right. So pick something that you're passionate about and just do it and then you'll learn what you need to change and mm-hmm. and you'll grow and it's good. You'll find your voice. Yeah, I think so too. And another random question. I have two actually very random questions. Okay. I love the random. The first one is what was your favorite vegan recipe that you've made? Oh, there was this um, – there's a lot of really good ones, but I think the – my favorite was this pretzel in beer cheese. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was homemade pretzel. And vegan cheese? Yeah. It was homemade pretzel bites and vegan beer cheese. And Whoa. the pretzel was vegan too. But but yeah, it, it tastes, it was so good. Like, how do you make, is it like cashew? It's, um, I think that one was cashew and then like some tapioca powder that made it more like cheese, like not like nacho cheese like, hmm. and, and then beer. And it was, Oh, it was just amazing. Like, it was so good. It went immediately. Do you have a video about this? I do. Okay, yes. because I might bake this. Yes, you must. <laughs> oh, I've always wanted to make vegan cheese, and oh, it seems so, so hard, and I'm scared. It's not that hard. It's like, well, I don't know how to make regular cheese, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't think I do But, either. yeah, it depends on what kind of cheese you want, but it's really just, like, yeah, cashews and um, n- nutritional yeast mm-hmm. and, I like, love nutritional some yeast. sort of binder that makes it more pliable Str- yeah stretchy. like stretchy thick. yeah thick <laughs> t-h-i-c-c um yeah <laughs> some thick beer some cheese. Thick cheese um the next question is so you were in <laughs> okay you were in this horror movie smiley yes and so was my husband he killed me in it i mean okay. spoilers but <laughs> what is it like to die in a horror movie this may or may not be my question. Okay, so I've died twice in two horror movies, not to brag. <laughs> Which one is better? But one of them, I got my throat slit. Okay. And the other one, I um, got stabbed. Um, I would say the stab one was definitely an easier way to die. Okay. Because you're not, like, gargling <laughs> while you're dying. But... Um, but yeah, it's weird because a lot of actors have like dreamt of having a death scene. Yeah, I had never wanted one. <laughs> I just got killed twice. Um, it it was I guess it's fun in the one sense you get to like 
milk your death, death you know yeah. but on the other hand you're like oh my character's not in the movie for the rest mm-hmm. of the movie yeah <laughs> I don't get to play with everyone because I never got to see the movie but I always see the thumbnail or yeah. the poster I'm like this looks really scary and yeah. gross and then I saw I was looking through it today and I saw Shane Dawson's death scene yeah and it's like they slit his throat like three times and I'm like is it are Necessary. you yeah like are you thinking like all right, Ooh. let's get into the mindset. No, you know, that's, that one's really hard. See, the throat one's so hard because the special effects are like you have this throat slit already here, and then you have like this blood gush thing that's oh here, and you have to get the timing right. So you're like trying to act, oh. but you're also having to get the timing right. So of when, when like the throat sl- slits to like where my scream <laughs> stops, and like it's so weird, and like it's very technical and not like fun. The stabbing one's fun. <laughs> the throat slit. You got like two chances to yeah, make I was it about work. To say, they can't There's do like that two very takes. many times. Yeah, because they got to clean you all up, and then they got to reapply <laughs> the FX makeup. I want to die. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> um, but I highly recommend stabbing over throat slitting. Okay, then maybe I'll try to work in a stabbing in one yes. of my YouTube videos. Very fun. Um, okay, getting back to a more <laughs> serious note. Um, so. If you want to, like, kill it at a business interview or even just an audition in general, is there, like, a go-to outfit or piece that you always wear that makes you feel most confident? Um, I have several pieces depending on the types of characters. So for commercial auditions, um, I always killed it at being an employee of some sort. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds weird, but I like that's my niche. Like Office Depot? Like uh, Taco Bell, Target, and McDonald's. Always employees. They all wear polo shirts. So I have these one pair of khaki pants and um, three different colors of polo shirts. I have blue, red, and black. Do you have a name tag? Yeah. Well, they they sit in my closet. No name tag. But they sit in my closet as like those are for employee like auditions and uh, oh yeah and I got cast in a TV show as an employee wearing one of those outfits too you like weird. the go to employee it really is like I don't I don't know why but those outfits have booked me a lot of jobs um, and then for I used to get called in to be this like club girl like girl at mm. the bar like where's the bathroom you know like that <laughs> kind of girl and there was like this specific red top that I got in Vegas that like was droopy and like had like some like hangy sparkle things oh and like God. it was so annoying and obnoxious and not something I would like ever trash. wear but it's like <laughs> totally that character so if you want to get that character across because when it comes to TV shows and commercials you you have like two seconds for the audience to recognize oh that's that type of girl right so you have to just be as much that character as possible mm-hmm. and um, yeah that outfit really worked quite a few times <laughs> And but like you know other things I don't know it kind of just goes by the essence of the character yeah I think that's <laughs> funny that you're like these are my wardrobe for store yeah. girl um, and then finally I just want to ask because it's called Persister yeah what is a really defining moment in your life where you're like wow like I really persisted through these odds and where you were just really proud of yourself like I did this all on my own and kind of didn't have to rely on anyone else and it I mean even from what you were telling me it almost seems like your whole journey has kind of been like that yeah it really has I mean even now I feel like that like I said I cried yesterday after my auditions because I never know if anything's working or how long I have yeah (laughs) you know Um, but I would say uh, this year when we bought a house was kind of a moment where I was like I bought this based off of YouTube and acting only. Like, mm-hmm. it 
like both me and my husband, that's all we do. And he's a screenwriter too. But like, like that's what got us a house in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, like a piece of real estate. And that's crazy. Like I, I used to just never, I used to be just be okay with like the fact that I was never going to buy a house <laughs> because I'm Especially just always going to be a starving artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the fact that we were able to do that would like really, I'm, I'm really hard on myself, but that particular moment I was like whoa mm-hmm. good job us like that's crazy <laughs> nice on the back. yeah like most of the time I'm like fuck you you suck you're like get it together everything's gonna fall apart everyone's relying on you and you're letting everyone down I'm really mean like so mean <laughs> but that moment I was like hey you did you good did kid <laughs> I, yeah I feel I'm hopefully one day I'll be able to afford a house but anyone yeah. like even my boyfriend and I now are like those people like bought a house, like they know it's what crazy. they're doing. <laughs> like know? even like the month before buying one, I was like, "We're never gonna buy a house. Like it's never gonna happen." <laughs> and now it's yours. Yeah, and, and I can't something. believe it. Every time I wake up and go downstairs, I'm like, "Whoa, we still live here. This is crazy." It's been oh. like five months, and I'm like, the- "Another month, we made it. That's <laughs> we did insane. it. I can't believe this." <laughs> All right, so the next question is, what are, I feel like I'm like interviewing you yeah. for a job. Um, I love it. What are the three most important qualities for your success, would you say? Oh, I mean, the basic answer is like persistency, consistency, <laughs> and, and self-care. <laughs> but that's true. Oh, it's people like, forget about self-care. Self-care has been a huge one for me because I really have been under that like discipline mind state of like, efficiency and like this you know use of my time and mm-hmm. making sure that everything is work oriented um but if you are not taking care of you then it really doesn't matter how much work you're doing because you're not giving your best like mm-hmm. you, you can't continuously put out quality if you're not taking time to refill that cup right and and that's been such an eye opener for me just in the in the past like 2 years mm-hmm. where i just kept getting burnt out and like kept going but not with my heart in it Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so just taking that time out to deal with your mental health issues and go to therapy and get take a bath go (laughs) you know like meditate like do something that's just not at all work oriented right so it's like persistence and self-care yeah like be be disciplined be persistent because a lot of people have the opposite problem where they're like i can't be disciplined enough Mm -hmm. like i'm just always wanting to take a break and it's like i don't know i didn't have that problem i had the like if i if i don't stop if i stop working everything's gonna crumble and i just can't stop working because this isn't this isn't helping my future and and i can't take a break on the beach yeah yeah and that doesn't help because then i'm just frantic and neurotic all the time Mm -hmm. so yeah take that time (laughs) re-energize then then work your ass off yeah I agree with that. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Thanks for having and me. This is so fun. I learned a lot. I feel like I learned some oh, things. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a new vegan recipe, which is nice. Yes, you must um, try it. So much better that, I mean, honestly, people are like, oh, vegan, how good could it be? It's but the it, like, it honestly is really good. Yeah. It's the future. Yes. <laughs> um, but if you want to learn more about um, everything we talked about, please listen and subscribe to Shit They Don't Tell You. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, check her out at uh, Stand Up. Limo <laughs> everywhere. Just Google it. <laughs> Wherever she does stand up, check it out. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean... Where else can we find you? I'm on all the internets as <laughs> at Nikki Limo, <laughs> except for Facebook. That's official Nikki Limo mm. because Nikki Limo was taken by my personal account oh, before well. they had pages. Okay. Well, yeah. we can't complain about can't, that. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't take it back. 
Um, great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to rate. Oh, I forgot what it was. Subscribe, it? rate, and review. Oh, that's what it Subscribe, is. Subscribe, rate, and review okay. this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Let's yes. just cut to her saying that. <laughs> um, so please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, not only to Persister, but to shit they don't tell you. Um, and I guess I'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>